Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. God's people Israel spent hundreds of years in slavery and bondage in Egypt. Ultimately, the Lord heard their cries and initiated through his called one Moses a personal battle with Pharaoh. During the course of this lengthy conflict, Pharaoh is repeatedly subdued, only to have his heart hardened again to resist the demand of Jehovah God to let his people go. This is the stuff of great Sunday school lessons, to be sure, but does it hold a meaningful lesson for all of us, for all serious believers? And with us to enjoy another classic message today is Ed Marks. Ed, welcome back to the broadcast. Well, Chris, it's good to be back for this broadcast. I think, again, we will see something from the book of Exodus that will be a tremendous spiritual help to us as believers in Christ. Ed, we're considering a very difficult question that has been the source of much theological debate over the centuries, and that is the hardening of Pharaoh's heart in Egypt. During this long conflict between God and Pharaoh, at times we see God hardening Pharaoh's heart, and at other times, Pharaoh hardens his own heart. Let me read a couple of these verses and then get your introductory comments about the significance of this matter and Witness Lee's treatment of it. This is Exodus 4.21, And Jehovah said to Moses, When you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have put in your power, but I will harden his heart and he will not let the people go. Then in chapter 8, verse 19, Then the magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart hardened, and he did not listen to them, just as Jehovah had said. And finally in chapter 8, verse 32, However, Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also, and he did not let the people go. Ed, what are your thoughts? Well, Chris, I think we have to pick up three particular phrases from this text that you just read. Firstly, God says, I will harden his heart, referring to Pharaoh's heart. Then it says later, Pharaoh's heart hardened. Finally, it says, Pharaoh hardened his heart. So here we see a mystery. How do we resolve these two things? This is what we'll see in this broadcast And this will be a tremendous help to us in our experience of Christ. Ed, I'm anxious to get to this. Witness Lee's uh, enlightenment here is really tremendous. Let's join him now for this first portion. In the past centuries, the argument has been this, that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, or that Pharaoh himself hardened his heart. The Bible tells us clearly 
both did it. Ten times mention that God either hardened Pharaoh's heart or made Pharaoh's heart hard. The Apostle Paul likened it to a very simple thing. God as the creator, he has the full sovereignty to do whatever he liked. God is potter. And the potter has the full authority to make one piece of clay, a vessel of mercy, of honor, a vessel unto glory. And another piece of clay, the potter, just like to make it a vessel of rot. Both are useful. Well, you may argue, didn't you say it all together up to God's sovereignty? Right. But also, it's up to you. Don't forget, in this whole universe, according to God's ordained principle, every matter has two sides. There is the side of God, and there is the side of you. If you say you are a vessel of rush, you are just a vessel of rush. If you say, I don't like to be such a vessel, I like to be a vessel of honor. You'll be a vessel of honor and a vessel into glory. Eventually, it is not of him that wills, neither of him that runs, but of him that likes to show forth his mercy. Mercy upon us. Why God willed to show mercy to you? This was according to God's will. Eventually in Romans, Paul concluded in this way, he wills to give mercy. And he wills to make you hard. Do you realize that both in Exodus and in Romans 9, two persons, two figures are here. One is Pharaoh. The other is Moses. Moses was the one whom God willed to show mercy to. And Pharaoh was the one whom God willed to harden. We, the ones who have been so favored by God's will, we should not only thank him for his mercy. We have even the more to worship him for his sovereignty. Amen. Oh, God the Father, how I worship you. I worship you that in your sovereignty you willed to show me your mercy. Oh, we all need to know His sovereignty, and we all need to know His mercy. And in this interesting and well-known confrontation between God and Pharaoh, one of the often debated elements is this matter of the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. We read the verses at the beginning today. And at times, as you pointed out, it's God hardening Pharaoh's heart. At other times, it's Pharaoh who hardens his own heart. And at other times, it just says Pharaoh's heart was hardened. We really don't know. What's the answer to the question, Ed, that we opened up with today? Was it God or was it Pharaoh? I think what helps us is if we look at our salvation, 
When we consider our salvation, God initiated our salvation. God worked out everything to save us, not only in our environment, but also he was working upon us as the Spirit and working in us to convict us of our sins, to cause us to come to our senses and repent and receive him as our Savior. In receiving him as our Savior, we had to execute what God initiated. In other words, God's initiation is his sovereignty. Our executing has to do with our free will and our responsibility. So when we come to this matter of Pharaoh, the same thing holds true. On the one hand, God initiated the hardening of Pharaoh's heart because there was something negative in Pharaoh's heart, something really evil and rebellious. But what Pharaoh did was he executed that initiation. He exercised his free will to harden his heart. Before Pharaoh exercised his will to harden his heart, his heart wasn't hardened. But when Pharaoh exercised his free will, then his heart became hard. And Chris, I think we'll see as Brother Lee shares, just following our fellowship here, we'll see more concerning the intrinsic meaning of this matter. Well, let's get to that, Ed. Here again is Witness Lee. In this universe, you can never deny these three things. God's sovereignty, God's mercy, and man's free will. God's sovereignty was not created. God's mercy was not created. God's sovereignty was divine. It was eternal. But man's free will was created. Created by God. This means a lot. First of all, this shows God's greatness. He doesn't act to force anyone to do anything. Let man make some selection. It also shows God's wisdom. Also, to show forth God's love. If you are a great person, and if you are wise, and you are loving, you will not compel people to do anything. This was the reason, right after God created man, God put man in front of two trees and told man what would be the result, then left man there to have his own choice. Even today, whether you would believe in the Lord Jesus or not, it's up to you. Whether you would seek after God or you would deny him, it's all up to you. Many people say, suppose there's no Satan in this universe, how wonderful that would be. But there is God and there's also Satan. Always two choices. God is here and Satan is here. Life is here and death is here. Which you would select is all up to you. Well, we have these three things. God's sovereignty, God's mercy, and man's free will. Ed, it's marvelous once again to get such rich light and insight from this ministry. And here we have pointed out that this interaction between God and Pharaoh really provided an opportunity to see both God's sovereignty 
and man's responsibility displayed in one section of Scripture. In this age-old question, Ed, among casual believers and Bible scholars as well, help us to understand the relationship between these two great factors. Chris, this brings us to a marvelous point when we talk about the truth of the Holy Word. Robert Govett, who was really quite a Bible scholar in the previous century, he wrote a book called The Twofoldness of the Divine Truth. When we come to this matter of God hardening Pharaoh's heart, and on the other hand, Pharaoh hardening his own heart, we see the twofoldness of the divine truth. And what we see on the one hand is God's sovereignty to harden Pharaoh's heart. The other side of the divine truth is that Pharaoh exercised his free will to harden his heart. We see these two things in the Bible, God's sovereignty and man's free will. Now, what this shows us, Chris, is that everything is according to God's sovereignty, but we have to carry out our responsibility. On the one hand, we need to humble ourselves under God's sovereignty. On the other hand, we need to carry out our responsibility. We cannot be passive. And this applies to us as believers. As believers, we need to seek the Lord. We need to pursue the Lord. We need to love the Lord. We need to have fellowship with the Lord. We need to have time with the Lord. And we need to be one with him to dispense his riches into others. But as we're carrying out our responsibility, we realize that we couldn't do this if it wasn't for God's sovereignty and God's working in us. This rules out pride. Romans 9.16 tells us it's not of him who wills nor of him who runs but of God who shows mercy, which is according to his sovereignty. Now, Chris, we can see this in Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. Paul tells us, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Then in the next verse, he says, For it is God who operates in you, both the willing and the working for his good pleasure. So on the one hand, we have to bear our responsibility to work out our own salvation. Now, the salvation here is not our initial salvation. The salvation here is that we would be saved from the defeat of not living Christ and from the failure of not magnifying Christ. In other words, we would be saved by the Lord inwardly to such an extent that we would magnify Christ in our mortal bodies. We have to work out this salvation. That's our responsibility by pursuing Christ, by experiencing Christ, by seeking him in the word, by fellowshipping with one another. But we need to realize while we're doing this, we're doing this because God is operating in us. This is his sovereignty. This is mercy. And he operates in us the willing and the working for his good pleasure. Chris, I would just say, and this is very practical, I think we should pray. You know, many times when we're lethargic or we feel we're lukewarm or we don't want to go along with the Lord, we should pray, Lord, operate in me right now. Dispense your desires into me so that I'm one with you and your will to carry out your good pleasure and operate in me the working for your good pleasure. I want to be one with you and your working to carry out your heart's desire. In this way, We can be one with God's sovereign heart while we're carrying out our responsibility to fulfill his eternal purpose. Anyway, this is a mystery, but we can enjoy this mystery day by day by fulfilling our responsibility 
to pursue Christ, gain Christ, and speak Christ to others. Yeah, this is such a key. I have to think this is a prayer God enjoys answering. Lord, dispense into me your desire, your care, your operation, as opposed to the kind of prayers we typically offer. This matter of responsibility, Ed, leads to a very sober portion in this final section today, a matter of a warning. Let's join again, Witness Lee. Was God the first, or Pharaoh the first, who hardened Pharaoh's heart? According to the Bible, God was the first. Even before Moses went to see Pharaoh, God, in chapter 4, verse 21, told Moses that God would harden Pharaoh's heart. But God didn't execute it. Pharaoh executed it. Here you can see the two things, God's sovereignty and man's free will. These two are not contradicting. Pharaoh cannot discharge his responsibility upon God. He cannot say, God, you planned to harden my heart. No, no. If he would say this to God, God would say, Pharaoh, you have your free will. I didn't choose for you, but you yourself choose this way. On the one hand, we have to worship God's sovereignty. On the other hand, we have to take care of our responsibility. Here is the lesson. As we see this too, we would just humble ourselves to God's sovereignty and pick up responsibility. Oh, Lord, you are sovereign. Anything that has not been initiated by you never could happen. I worship your sovereignty. Yet, Lord, I realize my responsibility. I need to bear, bear, and bear more and more responsibility. This is a strong sign that you are very much favored by God. When you seek after God, you shouldn't be proud. You shouldn't boast of your seeking after God. Rather, you have to humble yourself and say, Lord, you are sovereign. And how much I must pick up my responsibility. So Pharaoh cannot discharge his responsibility. Neither Moses could boast of his doing. By this, God just shut up all the mouths. Many of you start to say this may be indifferent. As long as you are indifferent, you are in the danger to be held responsible for your situation. But you would say, thank the Lord, I am not indifferent day and night. I am alert. I am seeking after him. Okay, then don't be proud. Don't let the negative thing begin. Once you hardened your heart, then your heart will become hard. That's it. This is on your side. Then on God's side, once God hardened your heart, God will not change. 
to harden the heart is to begin and to make the heart hard is to keep it hard continually one is the beginning one is the continuation this warns us to be careful never let any negative thing begin we can see we must worship God's sovereignty and we must thank him for his mercy and we must realize our responsibility don't let any negative thing begin once it begins that's it it's hard to have any change we all have to hate to be Pharaoh we all have to say Lord I like to be a Moses I like to be a vessel of mercy and honor into glory I surely don't like to be a vessel of wrath in anything Add this section included a very sober and even subjective warning, and that is for us to never allow anything negative in our heart toward the Lord. We all have things happen in our lives, things that we really don't understand, and it's hard not to blame God sometimes. So we need a lot of the third factor that we've been seeing today, God's mercy. How do we become vessels of God's mercy yet? Well, Chris, it's very serious for us to allow anything negative to come into our being that would cause us to harden our heart. For us to keep anything negative out of our being so that our heart doesn't become hard, we need to have a time with the Lord. You know, Lamentations tells us that his mercies are new every morning. We can enjoy his fresh mercies every morning when we rise up. And the first thing we do is we say, Lord Jesus, I love you. And Chris, we need personal time with the Lord because, number one, we need to talk to the Lord when things come into our heart. We go through a lot of sufferings and trials and a lot of things that we don't understand, but we can talk to the Lord. We can open to the Lord. We can say, Lord Jesus, I need you right now. He's our counselor, comforter. He's our advocate. If we can't talk to him, who can we talk to? You know, in Matthew 13, The Lord likens our heart to soil. He sowed himself into us. Our heart is the soil. Christ sowed himself as the seed of life into our heart. Now he needs to grow in our heart. But what kind of soil is our heart? Matthew 13 talks about different kinds of soil. There's the heart that's hardened by worldly traffic. So we need to open our heart to the Lord day by day for daily heart exams. And we need to pray, Lord, I don't want my heart to be hardened by the traffic of this world. Then there's the heart that has rocks in it. These can be hidden sins, personal desires. These can be self-seeking or self-pity. Well, when we have a time with the Lord, he shines on those rocks. And then those rocks are dealt with and taken out of our being. Or we can have a heart full of thorns. Thorns are the anxiety of this age and the deceitfulness of riches. If we have anything in our heart that's pursuing after the material riches of this world, when we contact him, we realize, Lord, I don't want to pursue the riches of this world. I want to pursue the unsearchable riches of Christ. The fourth kind of soil is the heart that's a good heart. This means that it's free of rocks, thorns, and it's not hardened. But Chris, the practical way to keep our heart 
the good soil for Christ to grow in is we need to have a time with the Lord day by day. This will change your Christian life. If you practice this, this will keep your heart soft toward the Lord, and then the Lord will have a way to make his home in your heart day by day. Ed, I'm really glad that you said this. Even at those times when we may be caught in a circumstance and environment that is painful, that we may have a tendency to uh, develop some bitterness even toward the Lord if at that time we continue this practice, even in our bitterness, uh, before it sprouts and grows, go to the Lord, verbalize to the Lord exactly how I feel. gives him the chance to re-soften my heart. Ed, there's another factor in this matter of softening the heart that I'd like you to talk about, and that is related to our time together. Oftentimes, it seems to corporately something happens in our heart. Well, Chris, this is right. There's a corporate aspect to this that's very precious. On the one hand, we need the personal time with the Lord to keep our hearts soft. On the other hand, we need one another. Hebrews 3.13 says that we need to exhort one another each day, as long as it is called today, lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Then if you go to Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25, specifically verse 25, it talks about us assembling together and considering one another and inciting one another. This is the believers coming together in small groups for fellowship. And when we do this, it says we exhort one another. And so much the more as you see the day drawing near. Chris, we can testify that if our heart's becoming hard, when we meet together, just a small group of believers, or even two like you and I, says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. We're exhorting one another. While we're doing that, Christ is in us, keeping our heart from becoming hardened. So this is the corporate aspect that we need. Well, we've really received two wonderful keys here, the matter of the time with the Lord and the matter of the time together with the other believers, even in these intimate, small group gatherings, small fellowships. There's no replacement for this, Ed. Thank you again for your fellowship. Today for Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. 
Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.